Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts, and today's book review is The 10% Entrepreneur. And this is one of those books that if you have any intention of starting a business, this is one of them that you probably should read. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what is a 10% entrepreneur? A 10% entrepreneur is somebody who has a day job, so technically I'm still a 10% entrepreneur, who invests in other businesses with either their time or the money. Now, this is different from a side hustle or a second job. Those are just ways to earn additional capital, preferably for your investments. This is doing entrepreneurship of investing in startup businesses, starting your own business, all to have equity in the company. So that way, if the company succeeds, you succeed. So why might you want to be a 10% entrepreneur? Well, there's pros and cons to both entrepreneurship and employment. In fact, I kind of talked about a lot of this kind of subject just a couple of weeks ago in the employee versus um, entrepreneur. So you get the security and benefits of a job, but the passion and profits of entrepreneurship. You get things like health care and a steady paycheck while at the same time still getting to play the game of entrepreneurship and follow your passions and make profits. And profits are how you become wealthy in a much quicker time period. Also, there's no such thing as safe jobs anymore. There was way back when, when you could work for a company for 30 years, get a pension, and then they will pay you for the rest of your life because you worked for them. That's not how this thing works anymore. So there's no such thing as a safe job. The safe job in my book is actually riskier than not having a business. However, on the flip side, entrepreneurship isn't a picnic either. Most businesses fail within the first year. They just can't get up off the ground. And they're not a get-rich-quick scheme. You're gonna probably work for less than minimum wage for several years. And we all think that will be the exception. Odds are you probably won't be. But we all think that. But statistically, you have to have at least two businesses fail before you figure out the actual one that will succeed. Now, this book was, this podcast is produced by a guy who is very much in the heavy entrepreneur camp. Like, technically, I'm a 10% entrepreneur just because I still have a day job, but I'm more like 70-30, uh, 70% entrepreneur, 30% day job. Uh, the book was written by very much a die-in-the-wool employee man who, in 2008, realized that, like we just talked about, having a job was not having just a job was not safe. You need to diversify your in income capabilities. So a good chunk of this book is bashing on entrepreneurship while actually promoting entrepreneurship at the same time. That's basically all preamble for this next section, which is why 
you do not want to be a full-time entrepreneur. Number one, lifestyle sucks. Longer hours, less money, like, like I just mentioned. For the first several years, you'll probably be working for less than minimum wage, working 80 hours a week. Kind of sucks. Two, screwed up finances. The tightest my finances have ever been was after my, uh, I had two success, two in a row massive business failures, and that just utterly blew me out of the water. So you're, you can easily screw up your finances. Lots of entrepreneurs finance their business with credit cards. And on average, most entrepreneurs make less than 50k a year for a good long time. Three, loss of prestige and dealing with rejection. I didn't really understand this point, but he talks about how you can say that you work for, I don't know, Coca-Cola, brand name, and you get that level of prestige from working for a brand name company. But the next part to it, I really understood, and that's the dealing with rejection. When it comes to business, you're going to have to learn how to handle no a whole lot. When I was still doing the marketing agency, in fact, this is one of the reasons why I let it kind of shut down, was because I would spend all nay, all, all nay, all day talking to people for countless, countless no's just to get the rare occasional yes. Uh, and then... Also, I just hated sales. That's why I learned marketing in the first place. So you're going to have to learn to deal with rejection. Number four, you don't have the right idea. I already talked about this for a little bit, but odds are your first business idea is not going to go good. Your second business idea probably isn't going to go good. He uses the example of a student who was talking about quitting his job, quitting his school, all to start his brand new genius business idea. It was Tinder for dogs. Sorry, but Tinder for dogs will not work. And also, you don't know what you don't know. When I started the marketing agency, I thought I was all set up. I had all the legal stuff taken care of. I had all the marketing training. I had some basic sales training. And then I quickly found out that it was almost all sales, next to nothing to do with marketing. The marketing was just the product. And... I needed to learn sales really quickly, and I hate sales. So I was not aware of that when I started that agency, and I didn't know that I did what I didn't know. And that's the nice that's the nice thing about jumping, at least though, because you're gonna fail. You're gonna fail regardless of how much you prep. But you don't know what you're missing until you've jumped, because you just don't know what you don't know. Next one, five failure sucks. You can have all the right ideas, have all the right talent, have all everything going in your favor, but you still might fail be, just because there's that small little aspect of luck. Like for instance, my uh, newest acquisition, I think I've mentioned it already, the, I bought a property full of uh, trees perfect for timber production. I went with the deal because it was a really lucky deal because the guy was trying to offload it for, I don't know, reasons. But the value of the timber as is, not even once it's mature, would pay for the property of the, the cost of the land. So sometimes you just get lucky and you have good breaks like that. In this particular case, I believe it was divine providence, but that's besides the point. You can do everything right and you still might fail. And that was his last point for that section. 
And then next takeaway, being an employee sucks too. You don't have control over your time. You don't have control. You have to do whatever your boss says. You have to kiss butt. Honestly, that's the part that bugs me most about being an employee and why I have always tried to get out of it as fast as I can is because I hate kissing butt, especially when I know I'm more capable than most of the people I'm working with. So being an employee sucks too. However, they work being a 10% entrepreneur. You get the pros of both and it helps limit the downsides. Like for instance, you get the pros of a fixed income. You don't have to stress every day you wake up of how am I going to land a client today? Because that was pretty stressful back then. That was quite a few years ago at this point. That's weird. Anyway, um, but also it's really hard to get a raise as an employee, but you can increase your income pretty easily by being a entrepreneur because then you just have to find another client. So the next section is talking about that side hustle freelancer versus building equity. And he talks about three different ways you can build or five different ways, five different types of 10% entrepreneurs. So the first one is angel investors. It's investing your money into a startup. Uh, the Second one is investing skills into a startup. So one is money, one is time. The third one is the founder 10% entrepreneur. And that's predominantly me. And that's you start your own business while still having the benefits of employment. So that way you don't have to stress every month about making bills. Fourth is aficionados. These are, the these are your passion projects. And then fifth is the 110% entrepreneur which is also me because I have multiple businesses at this point where you have your business and it's your main business and you're just, in addition to your business, starting side businesses to generate more money. So just to recap real quick of that, it, you have the invest your money, invest your skills, start your own business where you invest both your money and your skills, aficionados where you're just a um, expertise on a particular subject that you're passionate about and you can use that in many different ways and then there's the 10% or 110% 10% entrepreneur. Now here's the thing about being a 10% entrepreneur. I'll just say 10%er from now on because that's a loaded phrase or a long phrase. You have to prioritize your job. Your job is what makes the rest of it possible. It's what funds the other stuff. It what funds your rent. It's what funds your lifestyle. So you have to make sure that you work at the bare minimum hard enough not to get fired because then you're screwed. And then also you have to juggle time commitments between the two of them. And this is where dead time at work comes in real handy. If let's say you work in construction and you show up to a job site and your boss isn't there for another 10 minutes, that's 10 minutes where you can work on your 10% project. Or if you're waiting on a meeting or you're in a Zoom meeting and it has absolutely nothing to do with you, I would consider that probably dead time as well. But you also have to work on it on your off hours as well. You have to cut down distractions. It just comes down to time management. If you are watching TV for four hours, that's four hours that you could have been working on your 10% project. This podcast is a, an example of one of my 10% projects. It's beginning to generate money now, 
So it is a legitimate business at this point, not just a side passion project. But I really didn't want to record this episode today. So I procrastinated and wasted a lot of time today. And if I had just done the stupid episode, I could have done the exact same stuff in a different order and not felt guilty about procrastinating it. So you got to be good at your um, time management. You also need to be good at your spending. I've already talked about this in, actually, I think the main episodes where I talk about it is right around this time period. So you have to cut your spending down. You have to be able to generate more money from your income that you are currently producing than you are currently spending. So that way you have freed up capital to spend on your 10 percenters. You also have to be practical. There's practical and there's dreams. 10% allows for both, but for the most part, you have to pay your bills. Being an employee is practical. It You get the steady income every month, unless you lose your job, to pay your bills. But your dream is to start this business. So 10% allows for both. And by devoting just a little bit of your time to your dream project, eventually that can become your main deal, but it takes time for that. Devoting 100% of your time right off the bat to an art career isn't smart. You're probably going to be living on the streets or in your parents' basement for a good long time until you get that up and running. But if you, if it's a 10% project, you can have a functional life and still follow your dreams. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So what do you actually want to do? The job just pr- provides the money for now while you get going on whatever you want to actually do. Now, this isn't in the book, but I have the analogy of, I call it the, the, the plates analogy. And you have your main course, and that's your main focus. Um, in this particular sense, that's probably your job. But then you have all these different side dishes that you can taste from, and they give you more variety to your meal, to variety to your life. So at one point, my main project was Gemini at the beginning of the end. And I had a little side job that I worked a couple hours at, and I had um, the beginnings ideas of a marketing agency. And I was also working on my super house design stuff, and I was working on um, the ideas for a podcast called The Principles of Success. So I had all these different side dishes. And over time, sometimes the side dishes become the main dish. And then what was the main dish gets pushed off to the side. So this is just along the lines of the 10% idea. So I figured I'd toss it in there. Because you're going to have lots of passions. And you can have just a little bit of all of it if you want. But also, you have to filter your interests to your audience. Like, for instance, you guys are here to hear about business and success and how to become wealthy. You don't care that I'm an expert on off-grid technologies. That doesn't matter to you, so I don't talk about it that much. I might toss it in there on occasion, but I don't talk about it in depth because I am filtering to your guys' interests because this podcast is success-devoted. 
So you can have all these interests, but make sure that you focus what you're talking about with people according to their interests. I'll talk about farming with my country friends. I'll talk about business with my business friends. I'll talk about nerd stuff with my nerd friends. But very rarely will I talk about the other stuff with them because they don't care about it. So when it comes to picking what you want to be your primary 10% project, there's a couple different steps that you need to do. First, you need to source it. You need to find 10% projects to work on. It's a lot easier to source things when you're founder, but if you're wanting to be an angel investor, you have to find good people to invest in. That probably will never be me because I'm not that interested in what I call venturepreneurs, but you have to find people to invest in. You also have to filter through them. A lot of this goes back to the book Invested. So go check that one out. And you have to do your due diligence. Make sure all the numbers work out. Make sure that they the, um, the venturepreneur actually has a real plan, has a profit plan, knows what their plan is to do with your money or your time or that you know what you're doing with your money and your time. Because like I talked about in... Actually, I don't know if I talked about it in the podcast or not. In the book, The Blueprint of Wealth, go check it out below, um, I talk about passive investment versus active investment. And sometimes you just have to know that sometimes you're not the best bet and that you should invest in other people's expertise. So all of that is part of figuring out what, how to invest. And if you want more in-depth on that, I go, suggest go check out the book Invested or read this book, for that matter. And all of this basically wraps up into success comes from who you know. You can't be a taker because then you won't know very many people who want to do business with you. I call this the 30% rule. If I get 30% and you get 70%, you'll be super excited. But why, why would I take 30% if we're um, both collaborating on this project? Well, I get 30% from you, and then I have a whole line of people who are excited to work with me, because when they work with me, they make money because they're getting 70% of it. So I get 30% from you, 30% from him, 30% from him, and 30% from him, and 30% from him. A similar idea to this is the law of reciprocity. So find people who want to do business and keep in contact with them. Help them out. They'll want to help you out down the line. And they might not have a good idea at this exact moment, but 10 years down the road, they might have the best idea you've ever heard. So don't just brush people off. You have to look for opportunities and then make things happen. And then the last point I wrote down before the recap 10% principles section, which is the last section that I'm going to talk about today, is save up and fund your business yourself. And he goes a lot more in depth in this than I'm going to, partly because I'm running out of time, but nobody's going to want to invest in your business unless you have as much skin in the game as they do, if not more. So selling people gets way harder when they're like, well, I'm putting up all this money. What are you doing? Like, well, I, I was just going to offer my expertise. So you got to make sure that you have the skin in the game. And then he doesn't really talk about this much that much. He doesn't talk about this part that much, but when you invest your own money into your business, you have to think smaller. Too often, entrepreneurs 
have this big, grandiose idea, and they just need a hundred million dollars to make it work. I'll just use chickens as an example. You can start a chicken farming business with a little mobile shelter off of some uh, rented land, and you can generate a lot of money that way, and total investment cost is like 500 bucks. But everyone thinks that they need to buy a 50-acre ranch and build a giant building to take care of all the animals, and it's only going to cost $200,000. But when you're saving up for the business yourself, you have to bootstrap it. And bootstrap businesses usually succeed way more than venture capital businesses do. So the last section, he just called the 10% principles, which kind of went pretty great with this particular podcast. So the 10% principles are integrity first. You have to prioritize your day job. Stick to your core skills. Interests count. It's a whole lot easier to start a business or um, invest in a business when you already know the subject. Like, for instance, I probably will never invest in anything to do with cars because I know absolutely nothing about cars. Both my little brothers, one of which is eight, knows a ton about cars. And they'll just be talking like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So in, uh, stick to your interests and skills. You got to take risks. If you don't take risks, you're going to fail. You have to pivot, and actually, you're still going to fail regardless. So learn to accept failure. Take charge of your education. I think I've done a few episodes on that particular subject. Education is super important. Spread the wealth. This goes back to my 30% rule. You can't be everywhere at once, so you need to build a machine of friends who are also looking for deals all over the place, and they're looking to bring you in, because when they bring you in, it means they make more money. So spread the wealth, build a machine to find good businesses to invest in. Surround yourself with people who bring out the best in you. I have one friend who's probably listening to this, who uh, we started up a charisma mastermind deal, and it was all his idea, and it's something that I've been trying to work on for a long time, so... I was like, oh, sweet, this is awesome, great idea, let's do it. So find people who help you achieve your goals just by the nature of them having the same goals. And then lastly, remember that entrepreneurship is a marathon. Life takes a really long time. According to the statistics, I believe the majority of my listeners are under the age of 40. That means for most of you, you haven't even spent half of your um, adulting years, for a lot of you, not even a third of your adulting years yet. You're just getting started. So remember, it takes a long time. So don't be discouraged when you're not super successful in one year from now, or even five years from now. However, you will be amazed at what five years does. And with that, I will end today's episode, and I will see you all next week.